This episode is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free 30-day trial just for you through GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Hello and welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamer's very own editorial roundtable. I am Scott Walker. I don't remember my job title for the site, and joining me this evening, in no particular order, I'm. I am Michael Cunningham, and I am editor in chief of some site that may be RP Gamer. I'm going to go with that. I'm Sam. I am operations manager. Sometimes I operate things. No, you manage the operator. I, uh, thought, that, the other, I thought that's how that worked. <laughs> give me a forklift and we'll talk. Smooth operator. Uh, I'm Trent, and uh, I have angry opinions about pretty much every JRPG. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and X-Men. And X- well, yeah, I have, I have very strong opinions about X-Men. <laughs> Editor at large. Yep. <laughs> Until they find someone better. Daddy at large. All kinds yeah. of cool things. Well, yeah. I'm trying not to be a large daddy. Right now I'm trying to avoid the dad bod, if you know <laughs> Well, depends on the dad. Some dads could have a good bod. I don't know. What are you trying to say, Mac? <laughs> I mean, just, just have you seen Chris Pratt? His abs are magnificent. <laughs> I can agree with that. Although he doesn't God. take his shirt off in this movie, I, th- I think they, I think he slacked. Spoiler. Oh, Guardian of the Galaxy two. Yeah, no spoilers. All, only Bautista is shirtless. Well, well yeah, but but isn't his character always shirtless? Yes, but we discover why. Okay, no more. I will spoil. I can, I can handle no more. I no will more, spoil no, no further. <laughs> I will yeah. spoil no further. You better back this truck up right now because <laughs> okay. So we're, we're today we're gonna take we're we're because we are the pants off show. We're gonna give you a peek up even the skirt even further, and we're gonna talk through the process of how <laughs> RP Gamer generates a review. Uh, there's generally without pants. Uh, pants. We we RP Gamer has a really specific dress code for a distributed non physical office space. Um, uh, pants, it's really hard to sneak them past, uh, HR. Who is HR? No yeah, one. We don't, yeah, we used to have a dedicated HR. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, and, Andrew. Yeah. But ever since then, we haven't had anybody capable of living up to his standards. So, yeah, that's a good question. Who is, uh, like... I, I, I just want to make the point that I'm a certified human resources <laughs> professional, and I've been in HR for six years. <laughs> that automatically means you cannot be qualified for this. So <laughs> you have genuine experience and yeah. 
are apparently good at it. So those two things disqualify you completely. There's a lot of shade being thrown on this podcast. <laughs> well, the, yeah, and we're going to talk. So- <laughs> we're we're going to talk through a bit of office politics and how things get done around here, and some of our personal sort of pitfalls and notions surrounding each facet of this. And um, so we're, we're just going to talk through the whole thing. And if it's a short episode, it's a short episode. Uh, we've got one guy with cancer and one guy with baby. So, you know, it's... I love you both! It, it's going to throw off our record times a little. Hey, they're both growths. His is just cuter, and we want to keep his around. So yeah, it, it's understandable. We want to destroy yours, but keep you alive. Yes, let's clarify. We are talking about not destroying Trent's awesome child. Yes. And, okay. and that would that would be ideal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are not we are not going to blast baby Trent. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in eugenics on this podcast. <laughs> We're not going to blast Trent's well, baby with radiation until it shrinks to nothing. Oh goodness! Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, went no. dark. I'm I'm not happy. This is going dark. All right, it's going to so, go darker yeah. now when I talk about processes. So so the process starts with uh, one of three things happening. Uh, one, uh, so it, it's either a PR company will email Mac and they will <laughs> ask, they will offer him a download code or physical copy for review to Mac. Sometimes there's no offer. It just happens. Sometimes the code's already in the email. Yep. Two is Mac will email someone's PR department in pursuit of such a thing, <laughs> in pursuit of the same. And sometimes, uh, Envelopes show up at my house completely unsolicited with brand new hardcovers. <laughs> yeah, I we're still, still trying to that one came we're from. still trying to figure that one out. Um, if anyone knows who sent me a copy of Cthulhu Confidential, thanks. Nice, you're pretty rad. Nice. Um, he yeah. basically giggled and then was like, "Did I accidentally buy this? I might have accidentally bought this." Then he no. looked it up and he was like, "I did not accidentally buy this. Who well, sent it to me?" Well, if I bought it, I would have just bought the PDF. No, I know that. That's why I was surprised. You're like, did I? Did I? I'm gonna go ask Mac. Mac, did you give them someone my email address? <laughs> no. Nope. I, I swear to God, people. Just as a little side note, Scott really did run up and down the house, going, "What could have happened? How? I don't understand." I mean, thank you, but I don't understand. And I was like, sometimes gifts just appear. <laughs> yeah. Is it from Wizards of the Coast? I feel no, like the it's from Pelgrane. Passed your way. Yeah. Okay. No. That they they have my address and hardcovers. Stop showing up. We'll see if that changes next year. But you have your, your dedicated guy who, even when you don't like something, he still loves you and sends you stuff. Well, that that's the other thing, is I also have Randall Bills at Catalyst, who's just like, you want a code? And I say, sure, why not? And then I regret it more often than not. <laughs> you all are getting a very, very nice peek up the skirt of the RP Gamer back door. Oh, that just sounded bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the back door. And this, yeah, the back, back door. door. Yeah, and th- this this usually pick up the skirt at our back door. Okay, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> and fa- phase one's usually pretty simple, just because it's basic communication. You know, they send us stuff, and we get it or not. And last resort is if somebody really, really wants to review something and a code doesn't exist, someone is always curious enough to buy it. Yeah, more often than not, someone has already got it pre-ordered. And yeah, uh, generally the. The way that happens, and I don't know if I'm going off script or whatever, but the reason that would happen most of the time is something that would be high demand anyways, or something from certain publishers that we may not be the top tier for them to supply reviews for. 
And right. Some some companies and some platforms are easier to get than others. Like PC, easiest platform to get anything for. Uh, secondary, Sony platforms, Microsoft Next, and then uh, Nintendo at the bottom. Just regardless of who the publisher is, it seems to be that's the easy access of codes or I, yeah, that, whatever. I'm going to bet that it's something on Nintendo's end regardless, just because yeah. it is seem, it does seem to be universal. That yeah. some, and, Something about publishers getting access to the storefront is hard. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing that I can really say is under NDA or anything. This is just what I hear, because it seems like so often, anytime there's a request for a Nintendo product, it's almost easier to get physical copies of those to review than it is to get codes. Yep. Because they, they always seem to say, we are very, very limited, or something like that, regardless that, that, of who it that, is. Not just Nintendo. That, I don't hear that from them at all. That, that can cause issues, though, too. Because I, I remember I was originally supposed to review one of the Pokemon Ranger games uh, for the Nintendo 3DS. And mm. I had uh, actually the really micro-small new 3DS, like which was released in Japan. Uh, and then they had a, a limited run with the, the Animal Crossing home designer yeah. game. The original uh, size, not the XL, yeah. Yeah, and, and I contacted Nintendo support because I couldn't get the game to run, and they said that it might be an issue with my console. I sent it to uh, Anne-Marie, and she had no issue playing it on her large-size new 3DS at all. So that, the physical copies can cause some trouble, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a strange situation. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can run into that there, but... Um, but yes, I guess to get us back on track, that's the that seems to be the ease of availability as far as uh, getting those. And the reason that we do sometimes buy them is higher desired products. Sometimes if we're not on the highest tier, somebody's wanting to play it anyways. Well, it's not always hard to get something you know, that people don't care about in the general public. A lot of times they're throwing those at you just to try to get coverage. And hilariously, and hilariously, Mac, the one game from Nintendo you've always consistently got... It's Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. Yep. And I, I've well, never I think, understood think... that because sometimes, like, there will be other, you know, Nintendo RPGs that we'll try to get. And that's the only <laughs> one they always consistently send us. Like, I remember I asked for Yokai Watch and I got it, but I remember mm -hmm. it took, like, almost a month to get. Yeah, well, I sometimes think, I it's... think it's just the scale of that release, yes. though, right? Like they they know that they're going to move these games oh, yeah. at gangbuster rates, and they know all PR, uh, regardless of the size, is really good PR for that kind of game. Whereas I think something like Yokai Watch is is kind of niche. It is. Um, it is. And that's that's a that's a like a level seven game too, isn't it? Uh, level five. Level level seven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, it's Monday. Where is my head? But but just but just to joke about level, Pokemon. Level, further, level right? seven game, isn't it? Yeah. But to yeah. joke about Pokemon further, I think what I always laugh at is Mac always gets two copies, one of each. Well, that that's just how that works. And I know uh, that's that's how they work. But it's always fun to have like. Every so often, Mac being like, here, Sam, have a Pokemon game. You're not reviewing it, but have a Pokemon game. And me going, sure. <laughs> All right. So so after that, it's uh, you. And then usually if we get the code, uh, there's usually some sort of set of conditions. Um, usually an embargo date is in place. And now I think more guys are getting savvy about when and how we can release a video for it. Yes. And usually that's mostly cool. Like I, I, like we personally have not been hit by any of 
that weirdness that like say Warner Brothers pulls where if you do video you have to say it's sponsored by us but bury it under this but have the description be long enough so that the NDA is buried. No, usually with video request, it usually comes in the embargo and they usually will tell you how far you're allowed to show off in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's restrictive, but it's, it's the same with previews too. Yeah. Like if yeah. you get, you get, you get an advanced preview on uh, any game. I, I remember previewing uh, Elder Scrolls online and they were very clear on the date and the time that you could first release any opinion. You could make blanket statements Right. Not, nothing on quality. Like you can't say like this is worth playing because that yeah. is too that was too opinionated, right? You could say there are swords, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I there think... there are magic spells. <laughs> this game is online. <laughs> I think uh, the the tightest there one are... I was under was are... yeah the tightest one I was under when was when I first got the player's handbook for D and D five. Like that was the harshest thing where. Uh, until the day I couldn't say what I was reading, I could not, like, I, the, the basic sort of thing I could say to people was, so I have a book to review, book <laughs> may have been too much. <laughs> I think the tightest ones I've ever been under are the Square Enix ones, because the Square Enix ones are, have pages upon pages of instructions of what you can and can't do. I remember actually... Uh, my package for The Witcher 3 not The Witcher 3, but The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine was really long. Well, just to give you a good example, uh, before I rose in the ranks at RP Gamer, I remember Max sent me Third Birthday and this is when we were still getting physical copies for uh, uh. the PSP. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I ended up with this, it must have been about 10-15 pages of just what I was allowed talk about what it wasn't allowed to talk about um and it was just like it was just like this little miniature bible for this really awful game <laughs> but you know square enix is very compared to other publishers you know they're very tight about how they want their information spread whereas you have companies like nis america who are like no embargo show off what you want have fun <laughs> yeah yeah, you said third birthday, and I almost vomited on my phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a, but it's a good example of what I'm referring to. That, that, that game is just like layers and layers of disappointment. <laughs> I know. I know. Yep. I, I cried my way through it. But, I mean, again, depending on the publisher, they offer up specific instructions. One of the things Mac and I try to do is ensure that a staffer is not reviewing two things at a time. Well, that... That I think we're skipping ahead. Sorry, there, I wasn't there, trying to get ahead. No, I just want to point out that there is the phase where Max says, hey, I have code now. Who wants? <laughs> and then everyone quickly Googles the title to see if Chemco published it or not. Well, not, well no, Chemco and Idea Factory. Oh, Idea Factory is another there, one on the... There, there's a few that we know not to touch. We all know right now that Alex is regretting Caliglia or whatever the... Caligula. 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 I don't know how you say it. But I'm sure he's having <clears throat> mad regrets right now. We love the you, Alex. Effect. Well, that that happened. Like I, I mean, I, you I take remember a bullet every up. so often. Yeah, I, I remember when I was like, I mean, even Tales of Zestria, I I didn't even know what I was stepping into. I took that on a dare, and I also took Ujin Soul Z on a dare, 
That and one you regretted, didn't you, honey? Well, you like, I guess the only piece of advice I could give to anyone who's interested in doing video game reviews is don't just say that you're going to review something because, like, it's it's a commitment, especially with oh, RPGs. Yep. Like, yes, these, yes. These, these can be anywhere between uh, 30 to 80 hours. Some of them even go into the hundreds. And, like, that's a lot of time to dedicate to this. And if you hate the game, and you've made the <laughs> obligation. Oh my God, it's a slog. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that uh, then there's the next phase uh, where the we have to play it, and RP Gamer well, sees let, credits. But you let's have not, to let's, stare let's skip at to that. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me touch on just a couple more things on the on the neck on the prior stage before we move on to this one because this yeah, the, what you're about to hit on is going to roll for a while. Um, the whole sending out the email of hey do you want to play this kind of stage seems to be one of the hardest ones for me to deal with because i love dealing with this i love the logistical side of juggling things and seeing things it's hard to really i know a lot of sites that i've i've seen out there kind of tag reviews ahead of time and say hey we're going to you know, send out the release schedule for the next month and everybody sign up and, and tag these ahead of time. Yeah, I don't play that game because of exactly what you said. Some RPGs are super long, some of them are super and short. And we, we've, we've tried on get... numerous occasions to do that. Yeah. I mean, so, I do especially it usually in, to gauge. You, well, especially in October and April yes. when the schedule mm-hmm. gets really dense, often there's a spreadsheet involved. <laughs> There's a spreadsheet involved that usually asks me, uh, me asking people going, tell me what you're semi-interested in, tell me what you are actually interested in, and tell me what you won't touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, uh, and That is really handy, because for Mac and I, we can kind of go, okay, which victim was stupid enough to put, will play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> usually and, it's and me I, I want to point out. <laughs> And can I say, I do a lot of this much to poor Sam's detriment because she is very much a planner and likes to schedule things. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. You like to have order. I do. And I combine honestly. I unfortunately have to make the review planning process chaos. And it's a constant juggling act of not knowing which things you're juggling if you're juggling knives or if you're juggling like flaming bowling pins it could be one of the other you don't know so it's just all up in the air based on who's playing what and who's finished what and who's done what at what time and what time codes come in so it's just fun to just throw these things in the air because when we start getting those rushed weeks sam's like oh my gosh we have so many releases coming ah yeah and i get an email or a you know twitter dm or a slack message or something or sometimes all of the above <laughs> and i can just feel the sweat pouring from her brow as she is in panic mode and i get in panic mode and then i'm like you know what this We've actually this doesn't right. matter We've, exactly that's the worst part is yeah. I, I still do the same thing every year and then every yeah. year we still get through it and we're like oh, yeah, that was fine exactly and Sometimes there's casualties that are just laid, you know, left dying along the side. Casualties. Some of them yes. are games. Like, some of them are new staffers that we don't see anymore. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are Kimco titles, and some of them actually, are... Actually, Mac, let's, let's be honest. Indie PC. Yeah. Okay. Kimco if, if titles are actually getting a little bit of love I, lately, which is kind of weird. Oh, oh, my God. I was just about to say the same thing, Sam. <laughs> like, if, if we're being fair, I mean, obviously, uh, the piecework approach to these Kemco titles have been so formulaic 
But somewhere along the line, some of them started getting kind of good, you know? <laughs> like, I played well, and finished one this year, and I'm debating playing Revenant Saga. So just, well, just that, smack that's me. From, Somebody. Revenant Saga is from XEE whatever, and the yes, last X-Create. one was also good. So well, yeah. I've played one of the X-Create ones. I think the one I played was um, End of Serenity. And that one was actually not bad at all. So that's the funny part is, you know, this year I think we've reviewed, just as a tangent, I think we've already reviewed about five Chemco games. <laughs> I know. Cause I, know I love how this is like the, the Chemco podcast. Not, not, a, not, a, I mean, not a purpose. I just realized that... Chemco's going to be a good example for every phase of this, I think. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like we're going to get an episode out of Chemco anywhere else other than... Oh my god, how are these guys still in business? Don't know, don't know. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> I oh, I, I know. Jeez, li- listen, when you when you have your own uh, RPG maker engine... <laughs> it's easy to crank it out. And you have five or six studios. You have a few college students who are like uh, cranking out art assets. <laughs> You're good to go. You could... You could you could just crap together the the biggest, uh, smallest okay. mobile RPG that you can think of. Yeah. It's true. I feel like I have to go on tangent number two for the for the podcast and explain Kimco briefly, in the fact that they they are a publisher. They have like it's it's like Trent said to an extent is instead of the college students cranking out assets, they have like five different studios. That could be an exaggeration. There's at least three. It feels like five that are just constantly making RPGs for them. And that's exactly what it is. Sometimes they'll just, you know, put it in that RPG wizard and just click the next button and you insert, you know, archetypes here and it will just, you know, go to the next. Then you insert art assets, hit next. Yeah. And it cranks out, you know, a story with a battle system and stuff like that. You, you check 2D, 3D, and it makes whatever you want it to. You click whatever platforms you want it on. Boom. There you go. But so many people see Kimco and think that it's just, you know, it's like Square Enix. Square Enix is not just a developer. They are a developer, but they also yeah, have publisher. many publishers that work for them, too. Yeah. Many, many developers that work for them as they are the publisher. And Kimco's the same way, just on a much smaller, smaller level. Just, just on this very yeah. much, like, I feel like uh, at some point I'll look at, like, the, the studio size of the three we can remember the names of half the time. And I bet it's, like, ten guys each. But so so then there's the phase where someone yeah and then watch the credits yeah no that's never going to happen because (laughs) that that moves us to the next phase where the person gets their code and they play it to the end Mm -hmm. this has been something that everyone has insisted on and we stick to it I don't know if it's always right but I'm always sort of proud that we can say that like I mean I think well I I think there are limitations too yeah like. um, like for for instance, when I when I reviewed uh, Tales of Zestria, I didn't download uh, that separate DLC cap to Alicia's story. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm I wasn't paying thirteen dollars out of pocket no, to no, figure no. out what happened to one character. And we're not platinum in these things. No, we're not- no. The but expectation this- is just you get a form of credits. Yeah, yeah. and, that, and, and let that me has been the one. expectation for many years. Go for it, Mac. Yeah, and probably say this the is the biggest thing. There are so many websites out there reviewing games. There are thousands of websites out there that review games. 
is having a day one review the most important thing? It very well could be if you're interested in hits, traffic, publishers putting you on the back of the box, things like that. And yes, it is ideal to have it close to release date so you can inform your readers. That's a good thing. But at the same time, the most important thing that I tell all of our reviewers is that I want you to complete the game. I want you to play at it at your natural pace because I don't want you rushing and feeling like you played this on a deadline. Yeah. Excuse your feelings about the game because you were under pressure to do so. Yeah. We are a volunteer site, so I'm not putting you under arbitrary deadlines that I need you to finish this by this date. I need you to finish this by this date. Right. You know, the, about the only restriction I have is if you've, you know, got a game for review. I don't want to give you another one until you finish the first one. That's about it. Yeah. So, and even that I'm flexible on, but you know, that's, that's it. And not that just that. It. I mean, we've been doing this for years just with the concept of RPGs have this problem of a changing nature. I mean, you can play six hours of an RPG and give it 10 out of 10, but let's say you go past those six hours and you realize it goes downhill. Well, doesn't that 10 out of 10 feel a little false at that point? Well, I mean, at the same time, there, like, there's a lot of games that, the story pivots halfway through and you don't you like it less for it. There's a lot of games where, yeah, no, this is fine, except it hits hour 60 and you're like, oh, God, why do I keep doing this? Yep, like that's like, the hard there, part. There's plenty of, and hey, Chemco example, like Chemco games are not bad. Nope. As a rule, they are bog standard, middle of the road, exactly average JRPG. Yeah. Which, which is their problem. Which means yeah. that after five hours, you're done with it. <laughs> yes. And there's so mm-hmm. much You've seen more everything left. there is to see. Yeah. Except and that's, and that's, uh, when they recolor all the monsters from the first area for the last couple areas. I feel like you've played a Kimco game or, you know, all of them. No. Because <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. If you played one, you played them all. But, true. but yes, you're exactly right. And that's how I think of a lot of these RPGs. And this isn't having to do with anything we're talking about. But a lot of times I feel like RPGs are like the scoreboard of a football game. In that first <laughs> third score and the second quarter score, you know, at halftime. And then the third quarter and the finale. That The scores can really change just depending on what you're doing and how things go and how things flow. I feel like, you know, sometimes you're up. That first quarter hits, and you're like, man, this is the best thing ever. And the second quarter hits, and you're like, yeah, we're still rocking it, still doing great. And then the third quarter hits, and you're like, oh, my God, why am I still playing it? And then sometimes you hit the end, and you're like, that's why I was still playing it. Yeah. And then other times you hit the end, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I wasted that time. Yeah. So I, I feel I, like I'd love to have a way to, to show that kind of scoring. I in love review. it. Well, well and I, I, I kind of respect Polygon's uh, review mechanism in, in that uh, they, they'll they'll do different scores for like kind of different updates to a game. Like, yeah. if, if if a game has a fundamental change, they'll revisit it and then they'll also revisit their score. But um, I've definitely seen that. Like well, I, um, I remember Rock Paper Shotgun does a similar thing called a review in progress. They won't necessarily <clears throat> score it, but if they've got something where uh, the reviewer doesn't have feels like they haven't put enough time in, they'll sort of do the halftime report of okay. I'm at hour 10 or 12 of this long thing. Mm-hmm. Here's what I feel yeah. so far in like a week. Come back. Cause I'll have it done and I'll let you know. Right. And I think that I, th- I think that's valuable. I don't know if I know we've done impressions and we've done deep looks sort of in that same vein. I don't know if those need to be something standard for our staff or if it's interesting to pursue more often, but 
I, I think that's a tough ask of a staff that's really volunteering a, a lot of their time and energy to complete a review. That's it, like three yeah, hours. Two reviews. <laughs> yeah, the three hours you spend working on the halftime report is three hours you spent you didn't spend beating the thing. Well, and not just oh, that. And, and 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 you know that Glenn would be just as critical. Oh, he'd the... he'd just be as painful. <laughs> he'd he'd hit you so and, hard. And, and here's here's the thing. At the end of the day, Mac and I just want coverage of some kind. Like if someone yeah. comes up to us and says, "Look, I really can't do this," um, we have no problem saying, "Okay, cool. You know what? Just give us a deep look." And just put like a small verdict in there saying what your overall thoughts are. Thumbs up, are. thumbs down. Yeah, and that's fine. We try to encourage people to, to try and finish things. But we also respect the fact that at the end of the day, there are some things that are just massive turds. Now, there are people... There or you are, just don't have time for or exactly. can't for whatever reason. Or it's hour 100, this boss is unbeatable, I'm out. Uh, and then you're, there's mm-hmm. people like me who... And Jume Sin, we are two peas in a pod for this one. Uh, we go down with a sinking ship. <laughs> yeah, you don't care how bad the game is. You're determined to get through it. You know what? It's also because there is a beautiful feeling in writing and relishing in a negative review. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I get to write a negative review, I'm in my happy place. Well, and that's it. Really? So we, we finish. Yes, because it's one of those things where it's... Well, this this game just spent eighty hours beating you. So guess now what? you get to beat it I, back. Well, you get to beat it back. I, I guess. I guess it, my perspective is that um, I feel like it's easy to. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to judge, but I find it, it it can be easier when you have a lot of really harsh, negative feelings towards something because you can really rip on a game, you know. Oh, and yeah. it's satisfying. It's satisfying mm-hmm. to do so, and the words just kind of flow. What? But yes. the, What's that old guy from stuff? Ratatouille say? You know what? I've... Oh, oh, yeah. Towards the end, yeah. It, but but that's the point. Like, yeah. I feel like the the most satisfying uh, stuff I've ever written has had a really positive tinge to it. Not not in the sense that uh, what I'm critiquing is is necessarily great, but the approach that I took was not one of uh, a low blow. As as satisfying as those low blows can be, See, you know. I don't I'm... go for low blows. That's not for me when I write a negative review. How I work. <laughs> I mean, I've had cases where people have criticized well, the way in which I've done some of my negative reviews. But here's the thing. I always find that the mm-hmm. hardest review to write is actually the, the middle of the road ones. The middle of the road Because game. I can yep. write a review that is glowing in positivity and I can rewrite the negative reviews. But I sit there with the middle of the road ones and I'm always kind of like, Mac, how can I say it's yeah. mediocre-ish good I know. thing? And, and I see what you're saying. I know Trent's point exactly is that we don't set out to write a negative review. Exactly. It's not like it's in our mind that, oh yeah, can't wait to play this and bash on it. That's why you'll never see me reviewing Kingdom Hearts 3. Is It's just not worth you well, know. Again, we are, you, you don't, you don't hate yourself yeah. enough. Well, we're yeah. all volunteers here and we all volunteer yeah. for everything. And, and I think that. that you have to complete it is a really great stopgap against people from going in there with the knives out. Like, and, and that's the no one's thing. gonna like as much as I say. Oh, oh, g- give me the Final Fantasy VII remake. D- d- make sure yeah. someone else <laughs> volunteers before you give it well, to me. And, and again, here's 
the beautiful part in a lot of ways. Sometimes you will get a game where you look at it and your first glance is this. This does look like a piece of shit. And then you play it and it actually has this beautiful turnaround where you're like, you know what? <laughs> that was wonderful. I really I liked this. I thought you were going to say something completely different. No, but I you like, and then you play it and you're like, yeah, this really is a piece of shit. No, I mean, it goes both <laughs> ways, Trent. I mean, I've had many cases where, yes, my first inkling of it being a piece of shit is a piece of shit. And then I have had other cases where I've said to Mac, I'm like, you know, this one didn't suck. Well, and yeah. oh, th- th- this I is... can give a great example for that. Oh. So. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, picture it. April 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I had just got in for review a copy of Nier. We knew nothing, nothing about Nier at the time. The only thing we'd seen are the screenshots for the game. Which, if you noticed, you know, the screenshots for that game looked hideous. It, it, the game is well, not beautiful I think, by any means. Well, especially the character design of Nier, right? Like, he's a parody yeah. of... Like, if you asked someone to describe as a joke what a Western game protagonist was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's not Conan the Barbarian? Yeah, yeah that, that's that guy. Well, so, well. To, to be fair, uh, the I, I know that we got the the autumn. Which which one did we get? Near replicant or near gestalt? gestalt? We got replicant. Okay. No, we got gestalt. Or whichever one had the the, the real protagonist. So we, we we had we had the older protagonist, which made a lot more. It was a lot more interesting for the story. But I, I think uh, the alternative, which we did not see, was much more JRPG ish. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the the brother thing, but just to make this story brief is we get a review copy coming in for that game. I sit and think nobody has been interested in it. All the screenshots, all the comments on the screenshots we posted, everything about the game has just seemed like, Oh my gosh, what kind of crap is this going to be? And I gave the copy, you know, Adrian Denowden was a trooper. He stepped forward and said, I'll review it. I'll give it a shot. So I got him the copy. He starts playing it. And next thing I know, I'm getting emails and messages from him saying, okay, this is nothing like what I expected. You know, it has problems. It is very much, you know, I'm not making this into the near episode by any means. It's very much a like a B-movie. There's nothing about the game that's outstanding. The graphics are horrible. The combat's kind of slow. Everything is just kind of like, how there's is this some, There's something there. There's something. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, how does this, how is this big mess of things coming together into such a creative, unique piece of work. And that's what happened in that case is we got something in that nobody wanted. You know, he was just taking it because he was like, well, it's curious. I'll give it a shot. Not playing anything else. It's not like he went into it wanting to bash it, but you definitely have preconceived notions going into games. You think, oh, this is sequel to game I love. I'm going to love this one. Or you're like, oh, this is a series that looks like crap that I've never touched before. I'll probably not like it. Sometimes those things are hard to get out of your mind. But, you know, if that's not your only thoughts going in, that's better off. But he was open-minded, went into it, and ended up loving the game. And it was just out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think, so so then we kind of have the part where we finish the game and we go off and write. And there's (laughs) something of a template for us where we have our five points of score five in subcategories of scoring. We're supposed to talk about all of those. And yep. I think there's also sort of this, I, I, I'm starting to think of it as sort of a weird triangle shape where you have like a literary criticism, um, consumer reporting and technical criticism, either 
mechanic, uh, straight up like physical um, coding, me- coding mechanical cri- criticism, and also um, the criticism of like design. And those are sort of this three or four points that each of us try to tackle in different ways. And I realize that we're RP gamer and we lean pretty hard into story critique and maybe a bit of consumer reporting more so than this dissecting whether a mechanic in a, on its own or interacting with others is good. But I mean... And sometimes that's more important than others because I think some things does, well, you really we all have come to at explain. A, well, come at, I think we all come at it game by game. If a game yeah. is literally like, this is like this is turn-based JRPG. It's, yeah, you don't have to explain it, too it's much. It's formula turn-based JRPG. It doesn't do anything outside the formula worth noting. So let's lean on, does it work story-wise? Does it work on my machine, right? Mm-hmm. And there uh, are some games that are a little more alien not- in terms of uh, how they work, and we have to talk about that more and whether it succeeds or not. But- I think I think and this is just my uh, perspective, but I think reviewing uh, RPGs as a genre is much more challenging than most other genres, and, and that's not any yeah. shade that I'm throwing. Uh, it's just there's so many mechanics and subsystems on subsystems. Uh, and there's so much dialogue, and there's so much depth to plot, and hopefully depth to character. It's just, it's there's, it's it's so much more. It is so much more. <laughs> and if we didn't have a bunch of people that were really interested in the genre and really dedicated to providing a, kind of a niche perspective, I, I'm not sure how we would ever be able to make it work. Yeah, and yeah. so um, the other thing, yeah. The other thing I think I want to point out is that uh, we do rank on five, six different categories. Oh, my. (laughs) I do not know our own format that well. Funny (laughs) that. We can name them. Yeah, well, I actually, I I want to go through all of those and say what they mean and how they sort of factor into what we say. We we should also be clear about how our scores... um, uh, next to other sites scores well, that, kind of differ that that's the next point but yeah, yeah. so the At first thing is up. yeah the, the first thing is battle system which ah that that feels like it's old and left over from the days when we were the square enix fan site yeah. uh, feel, I, I feel like the term needs a revamp to encompass things farming system just because we have farms and more action games that it's not specifically a battle system so much as you know an all-encompassing thing like like we need more i i think we need more of sort of a player facing mechanics gameplay like well yeah see that's where it gets hard because what do you replace it with yeah. that yeah. doesn't follow those things because right, right. Mean, because those other are, things are, it is I, 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 you know what? I, I actually, I know the verbiage seems kind of dated, but I think it's completely accurate. Because if we were applying it to uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, which is very different from previous Final Fantasies, or even Kingdom Hearts Three, which is yet to release, you can talk specifically about the combat, and you can give a general perspective on on how it stacks up mm-hmm. in your opinion to yeah. other combat systems. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just it sounds kind of dated. You like know? There, there's yeah. something. And sometimes there is more and sometimes there's other things to talk about other than just combat so yeah. i see what you're coming from at least on that front but yeah like, like I, I just it is i think i think the take. term needs to be as succinct but a little bit broader 
and I don't know I don't what think that that's is. Possible. It, it <laughs> may, yeah, possible. probably isn't. It's probably not a thing. Okay, next is interaction, which I always took to mean like straight up playability. How does it like? What is the kinesthesis of this? Yeah, and that's the hardest one sometimes to get across to new reviewers. Is interaction is not just you know what happens when you press A. It's how do you? It, it encompasses so much. How does so much it all else. work together? Exactly. You know, like, is it an easy to get to? Are the menus easy to get to? Is it complete for being able to, you know, do things like making saving possible at certain points? Is um, there's so many things that can go into like, this? Is, it's not just like how what information is coming at the player. Yes. Is it useful? Is it easy to get to? Does it make sense? Does it feel good to move through it? I always use this as the best example, but playing an Atelier game, interaction always scores very high on those games because, for the most part, it's incredibly clear and concise. A lot of the instructions, the way the tutorials are written, um, the localizations sometimes are a little hit and mess. But for the most part, the interaction of creating new items, um, interacting with people in the towns to do specific things, it all works together. And I always took interaction to be how succinct does everything flow in the game, as well as just does it work or does it not work? Yeah, which must be fun doing all of those uh, al- alchemy-based games. <laughs> well, you know well, what? They, recently, they added Tetris to the alchemy, and I was sitting there just sort of marveling at it. Like this is this is like one more trilogy away from being something I'm going to have to start playing. Oh yeah, he watched. He was watching me play uh, Sophie, and he was just like, "This is kind of fabulous." And I was like, "And it works really well." And then Fear screwed it up. So, <laughs> yeah, now. Right. And then there's originality, which I also te- I tend to more score that on novelty, not necessarily is it original original because we're in well, RPGs there, yeah. with That's a lot right. of fantasy. But I'm like, you're right. I, I tend to see that as like, okay, is this taking something is it presented in a way that feels fresh even if it is not and you'd be surprised how many games that score really low let's say on the overall always often have usually four or fives in originality or the other way around or exactly the <laughs> other way around. um that happens a lot actually because sometimes you'll get games where you know it's not the sum of its parts but there's this a really highly original concept where you look at it and you're just like I can only put and, a five and, here because I don't and, know and what sometimes I just experienced. That's, sometimes that's in setting or characters or uh, story, but sometimes that's also in mechanics. Like, I I would if you put a gun to my face and told me to write a review of the original Puzzle Quest, I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty original. Putting puzzles well, I, in your quests. Well, I, I would say even a game like uh, Persona Three, for instance. I, I I think all of us can agree that regardless of how you feel about the characters or the story. Uh, the combat and the dungeon crawling is, is very basic, yeah. I guess. Um, but there's so much interaction with the social links. There, there, there's so much going on, um, and there's so much to really invest your time in that it, it really does have a pull on you while you're playing. And, and not every game can say that, right? So I think that's a perfect example of a game with what I would say is 5 out of 5 interaction. Also, same with a game like Nier. Um, say what you will for some of the parts that don't necessarily work well. But I remember every reviewer, I believe, scoring originality with a five because, again, just something about the way in which the aesthetics of the world worked with the bizarre mechanics. You know, for some people, that was a really good pull. Um, And I always love when I see five or four in originality because usually it 
perks me up. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, why is this here? And usually when I read the review, usually people give me damn good reasons why that is there. Sometimes I see the very generic, well, it's just really original, like Breath of the Wild. And it's like, I don't see that. I don't agree. But if they can compel me writing wise, I sometimes let it slide. There's there's a couple areas of critiquing that I, I tend to be very harsh on. Originality is actually one of them. And I'm the person that nails, you know, things in my own reviews where it's like, <laughs> I have played every iteration of this series. Well, I, I think... Finally, I, I, I'm I going to start knocking them down in originality because guess what? Now it's the same freaking thing I've played. Well, but, but that's the thing. I think the problem... Uh, and, well, I say problem, but part of this genre, being as old as it is and having so many interesting variants on what was traditionally there for an RPG originality is is really a hard commodity to come by yes it's true it's absolutely true and like i said i always love seeing when those ones pop up just because it does make you kind of interested well why did this person think it was original in some ways yeah and so sometimes i just don't get a good reason and i'll tell the person like knock it down to a three because you really just don't yeah know where you're going with this that that's that's something we'll we'll edge towards. We're edging okay. towards that. Uh, so our next category is story. That's a little more straightforward. Is is the story good? Are the characters good? Is the setting good? Rate one to five. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a hard one for us anyone to parse. No. Okay. Uh, well, it can be. I, I think there are plenty of instances where uh, the characters are mixed bags, the story is inconsistent, and the setting uh, is kind of redundant, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, that's it, though. That, but, then, but you can score that. But that's easy to score. I'm talking about, like, no, no one's ever really hit a hard hurdle saying, no, what do you mean by story is two out of five? Yeah, that very, very yeah. seldom happens. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, so the next one is music and sound. The most subjective, that one and visuals are the wow. most subjective too, because there I are think, who... I think visuals has a harder time, but I yes. think music and sound is basically like, no, okay, what's the music like? Is it good? Is it bad? Is the voice acting good? Is it a hindrance? That, that's, that's one that I think gets a little hidden in that category, that Usually. it is yeah. supposed to be for vo- voice acting quality is in there. There's so okay. much with sound, because sound like design and the soundtrack and voice acting are so different three different things three different well things. really even we even just mixing together. even straight up mixing because yeah. um yeah. if you're playing if if you are not playing dragon age inquisition with a stereo setup yeah it it's gonna be bad it, it's a bad scene we also forget things yeah. like sound effects well, yeah, because there are some games where, like, I have played plenty of games There's where the sound effects are there. absolutely dreadful, and that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you hear like the Wilhelm scream. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. there's a part of you that just wants to take the Creative volume Commons bar. license. Right. Yeah. Oh, you right. just want to yeah. take the bar, and you're just like, I want to just take this volume and just shut it right oh. off. Because one thing that drives me crazy is like the clicking when text is being oh, the, laid out, like the, like the, the typing the, sound. Yeah, the <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I like don't that. need that anymore. No, but I've played some games where I have listened to the soundtrack. Sometimes they'll come with a soundtrack sampler. Sometimes you'll hear things ahead of time, and I'll be like, man, this game has an amazing soundtrack. Final Fantasy Type-0 is one of those things that has one of my all-time favorite soundtracks that I've listened to outside of the game. When you listen to it in the game, every... It's modeled, good- yeah. It, it's not just even the quality of it. The quality's fine, but like some of the best pieces 
are cut off midstream during the middle of a cutscene. You don't get to listen to the entire thing, so you just hear bits and pieces of it. They're talked over, things like that. Or even just they do a crummy job of looping. Yes. Yeah, and some of the games, like, I played, I, I started playing a little bit of Arno Surge on Vita, and I was like, okay, you know, I've heard this game has good music, and I'd listen to some of it outside of the the game itself and i was like it really does have some great music and then i started off and was listening to it and one of the best songs from the entire game soundtrack was playing right at the intro and it cuts off like midway there's no way to extend and listen to it and it cuts off halfway before any of the good part really even happens and you're like oh well what a you know what a wet fart that was it didn't even (laughs) anything and to be fair gus games are bad for that yeah they just are like they're actually some of the worst offenders for looping like they tend to not pick the, or it's like they don't pick the best point to cut the loop or or (laughs) even just this music's fine but the loop is short and it's the overworld theme oh so i think it's also bad for it dragon quest well uh, i'm just thinking about atelier and their human music (laughs) well i'm playing dragon quest heroes right now and because there is like very little original music in it because it's the same classic Dragon Quest songs that you hear all the time. All four and of them. And they all loop in the same way. I'm just like, okay, Dragon Quest. I'm a little, I'm a little sick of this. Come on. All right. And then there's visuals, which incorporates artistic style, graphical fidelity, and UI, where like if the menus are bad, you hit it on graphics and interaction. Sometimes, yeah, interaction more so than anything. But well, if they... I mean... If they look bad or are poorly laid out, you know, I guess I can see it in visuals. But most of the time, I don't even factor that into the visual side of things. But yeah, if, there's if a lot something left hurts, if 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 a menu hurts me hard enough, I'll hit it both ways. Yeah, yeah. I think for us, it's a little bit different though, because I, I mean, we're we're used to reviewing not not only like AAA. RPGs, but also indie RPGs, and you get everything from sprite work to uh, full 3D pol- polygonal models, right? Yeah, so we we cover a really broad range, so right. I think, and and, we're... and I would also make the point that some franchises in the RPG scene, uh, partially because of how resource uh, heavy they are for development, just don't evolve at the same rate as other genres, like the Tales games have had a very slow incline up in terms of their visuals, and some assets still look like their PS2 era, you know? But well, they, they they had enough polygons back then. We'll just we'll just put new we'll put we'll use the textures that were we didn't scale down this time. Well one of the, the big things I try to encourage when people are reviewing and they talk about visuals is only think of the game you're playing. Like don't compare it to other possible iterations because sometimes I think that can be a little unfair. Especially if it's like the last iteration was on PS2 and you're playing like a PS4 one. Yeah. Like that's or, not always or fair. E- even if it's, I think, because we're also dealing with the 3DS and, um, you know, phone, uh, yeah. up-jumped phone <laughs> games and also ridiculous high-budget uh, PC titles. Hello, The Witcher. Yeah, you're looking at... We, we sort of have to sit down and say, okay, does it have an overall theme does it hit the look well yeah you're, right. you're looking at just the game's merits specifically and oh, I've had animations many, in here too animations in here. i've had many fights for example with glenn about visuals because he will always tell me like for example that the atelier games are like a three and i disagree because sometimes i think oh costume and costume designs in yeah. here character there's design, a lot of different things that go in monster here. design 
whenever I play an Atelier game, I don't agree with him most of the time. I look at it and say, you're not telling me this is a three when I've written a four. Even though the costume design is always distracting to me. Well, yeah, that that series is good for that. But that's what I mean. Like, it's, it's a very hard... It's a very hard area to judge because when someone, when we go into proofreading, it's better explained, but some people will look at a set of visuals and go, I don't care what you've written. I don't see that. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll look at you and be like, yeah, no, like, why aren't you scoring the visuals higher? Like, you've clearly said it looks better. And sometimes it's just, it doesn't move well or. Yeah. Like, sometimes it can be a really gorgeous game, but like, it animates, the animation's awful. or. Um, to be fair, I feel like you you write the full, and I, I guess we should explain to the people listening that the focus is always on the words, right? Yes. Yeah. We're always very focused on trying to provide a really accurate context of what this game is. And then the scoring of each of these elements, it comes after we've already done a write-up. Yeah. And, yeah. and, the, and one of the reasons why we have uh, editors like Glenn uh, is because he plays devil's advocate and he'll read through what we've written and he'll say, well, this, the score that you put there doesn't really reflect what you've put in this paragraph. And mm-hmm. then we have to kind of tinker with where we're at. Either you add some lines. more detail or you slide the scale up a little. Or yeah. it could be something as much as just taking something completely out. Yeah. I've yeah. had many cases actually where when I first started, Glenn would really rip to shred some of my stuff. He would be like, your bones are good, but, you know, this is not matching with this. So let's figure out why it's not doing that. Yeah, And then we also have our overall score, which, which is a nine point scale. Uh, no, it's uh, it 10 again. It's 10. It's 10. It's, it, it's one, one and a half. Yeah. Two, yeah. two and a half. So it so it's 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 10. I've been advocating taking it to two. nine. Uh, no, I actually wanted to. Well, either it goes to an elaborate system of colors and shapes. <laughs> or we take it to twelve. Oh, for that. Yes. Or, or, or we take it to twelve so we can give zero and point five. <laughs> yeah, because right now we have nine. I told you it was one, nine. One and a half, two, two and a half, three, three and a half, four. Okay, four in that five. case. Yeah, sorry. In that case, it needs to go to eleven because <laughs> spinal yeah, tap and also and also so I can give game zero. I like how he criticized me when I said nine. He's like, it's ten, and then I stupidly was like i guess you're right well it, it's me calling you on math and you're always going to capitulate it's true yeah and so we we have our nine point scale which we use all of it we do you can check and that doesn't always get us friends in the publisher industry because you well, know not everybody likes that same scale so well, sometimes I mean, we, we get shot we, down because of that we are a rogue element for being honest with our numbers it's true and it's, a, it's a rough thing sometimes. We've, we've never had anyone come at us or try to sue us, I don't nope. believe. Nope. We've gotten some mean letters, and we've uh, definitely ended up on some do not contact lists, but we we we, we use that number. We, we use all nine of our numbers. We stand by the number that we put, because at the end of the day, I think all of us believe in the idea that what we put on there is honestly how we feel. Yeah. I don't. Well, I mean, you, you'll it see... also has to go past the proofing process right. where two other humans, one of them, one of whom has to outrank you, has to sit down and read it, look at your numbers and say, yeah or no. And if it's a 4.5 yeah. or a 5, you have to have three humans. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had that problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I instinctively choose and I'm the going games to... that middle. 
And I'm yeah. going to point out even worse is five out of fives, if you see those on the site, they are incredibly rare. They're very hard to push past. This is the first year where I jokingly had to tell the staff, okay, you've given out three fives. Your fives quota is done. There is no more fives that are allowed to be awarded. Look, we, we've had a really good year. I know, and it's only May. Well, I, yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of things for the rest of the year. I know. <laughs> we might be yeah, done. I, I, we'll I, we'll write Game of the Year like in October. But it's the truth. I, I, I guess what we, we to, to, to Sam's point, um, anything that's above a 4.5 has been well debated. Yeah. <laughs> long oh, yes, before yes. long before the commenters are debating in the comments section, that score has been well debated. And, yes. and, yep. the, the, and I do want to highlight our proofing process because it is... It's very rigorous. It, it's it's. I think I'm. I'm this is this is anecdotal, but I think this is probably the most rigorous because it's not strictly a you hand it to the editor and the editor can boss you around about it. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's much more peer to peer, and it is. Yeah, you're you're allowed to negotiate. You're I only allowed know one other to site that do. Does it the same way we you're do. you're allowed it's... to do rewrites, and you can also bring in your second proofer early to say, well, "Ha ha, Glenn, <laughs> I am right." Well, you 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 say you're allowed to do rewrites, but I mean, really, I mean, I've I've heard of plenty of people being told by by Glenn, like, "This is this is all wrong. You need to start <clears> from scratch. You need to." Yeah. Get a firmer handle on where you're trying to go. Okay. And, Sometimes and to you're forced like, to rewrite. Rewrite. Yeah, I I was lucky. I I haven't had to, but I, that's in part because I found what I would say is one of the best reviews we had on the site. Yeah. And I I use that as a framework of how to parse the information that I was trying to get across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Glenn certainly has like a template that he prefers in terms of disseminating information. Yes. But it doesn't change the fact that you need a like when you're writing these things, it's easy enough to just plop an opinion on a page. But when you're actually proofing it, you have to think about past tense. You have to think about spoilers. You have to think about uh, like how specific like you're you getting. To, you have to support your arguments. It's yeah. no, yeah. but it, it's a lot. You 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 walk a line of being concise and uh, explanatory at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a hard thing when you are a new reviewer going into it because it's one of those things where you don't realize that there is a lot of expectation in keeping that conciseness because it's something we actually take pride in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And oh my gosh, the very first time I reviewed a game, I came on this site over a decade ago and I had no writing experience really outside of, you know, college classes. And I was awful at it. Like, if you were to tell any of the people that I should actually me, mention that uh, because we're not we we our entire site is not from publishing, we mm-hmm. don't have we don't ever talk about word count. Yeah, like, we, there's never any point where you have to fill your column inches. There, there's nope. there's no pressure. If if you've got a if if you need uh, three thousand words to get re- your review, that's fine. And we'll, it's not padded. Yeah, you know, they'll let you have it. I've I've done that. And, and vice versa, you can have an incredible I've also, short review. I've also done a 900-word review. Mac, I remember there was one where I think yours was like 750 or something, and you were like, I said everything I needed to say. Yeah, some games don't need more than that. But in coming into this, like anybody that ever taught me in an English class had known that I was going to end up writing, they would have laughed at you because I was pretty pathetic on that. Um, my you know, level of commentary was that of just a message board commenter. That was 
pretty much where the extent of my stuff went. So I came in doing editorials, kind of got my feet wet a little there, had some good editing advice there. And then I went for my first review within the first year. And, you know, it got kicked back to me first thing saying, what are you even going for here? You know, you, you ramble, you don't get to a point, uh-huh. you don't touch these bases. Was that Andrew? And it was. I was trying to remember. because I, I think you've told me this story. Yep. And he kicked it back to me and it was, I mean, he was exactly right, but I had really no idea what I was getting into. I was just exploring and I was learning how to write. And this gets me to my final tangent of the night is the whole thing about uh, that's gone on recently with websites and stuff, not, you know, volunteer websites, people not paying, people not writing for free, things like that. And that can be a whole nother podcast. But let me just say here, we are volunteers here. You don't get pressure from us. You'll get support from us. We're not here to take well, advantage of you. Well, we I think the I, I think this none is, of us are paid. I think this is it. Like we've always said up front, we're volunteer, and we've never made a promise about anything otherwise. It is yeah. hey, we are a community. Uh, not not just not just uh, the the message boards in the chat room, but literally the writing staff is a community unto itself, and mm-hmm. we are going to support each other. We're going to share our thoughts, and we're just going to do the best we can and have a little bit of fun from time to time. Yeah, and we've never made any claims otherwise. I know a few of us have gone on to paid gigs, and a lot of us just sort of. Stick around, you know, disappear for a couple of years, maybe come back, write a little more or <laughs> show up and do some other project. It's, you know, it we've always it, been just an org of we're going to do this because we can, not because we have any ideas to the contrary. We don't yeah. have a lot of skin in the game. Mm-hmm. It's more for hobby, you know, hobbyist than it is for somebody. If you want to do it as a profession, I would. I'll, I'll write you, if you come in here and, you know, just work for me as the editor-in-chief, you know, I'm not getting paid for any of this stuff. I'm doing all this stuff as a volunteer myself. But you come in here and you do the work, you kick butt, I'll give you the best dadgum letter of reference I possibly can. I'm sure not going to throw you under the bus for Same it. So yeah, It may not be much, but heck yeah, you got but, it. But to, to be fair, it's it, there are so many rewards outside of, of financial that I think you get from writing for a site like this. And it's not just the ability to lean on people who have been doing this kind of work for some time and can teach you to be a better writer, but it's the exposure to uh, so many different opinions and, and the push to, to really tighten your technical writing skills. And then opportunities to attend like expos and, and review games and, and things that most people uh, really don't have the opportunity to do. And, and even people who have independent like WordPress sites don't really have the opportunity yeah. to do. Like there, there's, I, there's always this part of me that's like, you know, I could, there's nothing keeping me here. I could, <laughs> I, I could take all of this and I could take my ball and I could go home and I could do the exact same thing on a WordPress site, right? Nothing's stopping me. But guess what? I'd probably still beg Baker to prove my reviews. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, poor Michael Baker. <laughs> uh, People are really getting a look behind the curtain. Well, so. and and I think there's there's the last phase that we don't talk about as much, which is where we actually post it, and we have the forums happen, and yeah. and the GameFAQs threads, and the GameFAQs thread, and the people following me onto Twitter to be mean, or something, or me being mean to people on Twitter indirectly. Can can I just say something that you don't know? You don't know 
what you're getting into in a website until you have gone through and you have written a review for a volunteer site just out of the passion of your own heart. You're honest as can be. You don't, you know, you're not trying to make a name. You're not trying to get in there. Hits don't mean jack squat to us on this front. We're not getting anything from hits. And then you get like a big game facts thread of people telling you how much you suck and how awful you are and how much anything is. How much you want those hits, Mac? How much you want those hits? Oh, man. I. I love that though, because because <laughs> you just like I said, tears. I, 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 you haven't I lived it. until uh, that's happened. Now, so. I, I, again, uh, my status is of an angry opinion vomiter. I, I remember the first uh, editorial I did for the site, which was about Final Fantasy II, which I really didn't think was going to be a divisive topic, but there was because because that's 80- the one everyone agrees is the bad one, right? Well, that's not what I was arguing. <laughs> uh, so, so the comments were uh, there was like eighty five comments on that editorial, and I loved it. Like for me, that's like I perfect, perfect. I've been able to tap into a community's rage and actually get them to feel something. Uh, and at the end of the day, I could give less of a damn uh, if people agree with me or not. In fact, I get kind of frustrated when people agree with me. When I made such strong points that no one has a problem with it, that's not great for facilitating discussion. I want to know that people are people are reading are, it and really interested. looking to come at you with something. And yeah, yeah, I like, think... like 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 I, there's I I have no issue with derision. You know what I mean? Like I I don't care if if you disagree with my point. In fact, I would encourage you to to argue against my points. Uh, what what bums me out is just not seeing the level of engagement, well, you know. And, and the and nice thing about our community is that we have such a tapped in group of people who legitimately care about a genre. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's good to get them angry. Well, <laughs> well, no, I think well, I think this is it. Is we we put it out into the community and. Some people are really good about interacting with it. Some people miss the point entirely. Some people get... Hack the boards? Well, so, some people get really salty about it, and we make fun of them, and then ban them. We, or have, some... we had one beautiful incident where Adrian reviewed Star Ocean, The Last Home. Oh, S- Star Ocean 4. <laughs> oh. and our what board, a classic story. <laughs> our boards got hacked. That was my favorite bit. The boards got hacked. And Adrian continued to be Adrian. Didn't, Just, didn't you do the international version? Too? I did. I gave it a, I gave it a lower score, but nothing bad happened to me. Yeah, and I think I and you know that that's it. Is you know we'll 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 go after well things will happen. And I really do like our mod team for cracking down on the really bad people. I appreciate uh, the admin team for letting me uh, engage in insult-based vigilantism. Anamory has never stopped you. <laughs> well, once. I think. I, I mean, here's the thing: we're we're a tight community as writers here, and if you're or making Cassandra, either Cassandra's, Cassandra's really permissive too. Uh, but it is like, here's the thing: uh, here's what it comes down to. None of us have any skin in this. But if you make my day worse, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not I'm gonna play it at a You'll different. You'll take your vengeance on a subtle board post. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's it it's not. It's gonna be on a different level than you. I'm not going to come at you parallel. I'm going to come at you sideways and possibly <laughs> on, on a different point on the Z axis. And, you know, it'll make me smile and it'll make Max smile and we'll carry on. Like you do. <laughs> I mean, for what it's uh, worth, anytime anyone has complained about me on a GameFAQs thread, they, they, they tell me I'm a dude. So I just smile and say, yeah, that Sam guy's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's the other part of it. Because is... for me, it's like, I, I've always gone by Sam. I've never been a Samantha. 
So yeah, mm-hmm. except your 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 real picture's out there. I know. Like you, you're, That's you're not. That's the joke of it. They never look. <laughs> like no, at no point are you trying. Some to... people do look. Some people have found me on Twitter because they went to my profile, and I was I like, oh my god, I've had profiles (laughs) no but that's just a year like for years hilariously anytime i gave a negative score and got a game facts thread it was always that sam guy yeah so for me like i said i would just kind of brush it off where i'd be like mac they're making fun of me he's like they're talking about sam guy i'm like oh yeah they're talking about a guy it's fine (laughs) yeah they've they've missed it so bad i mean it it took me years truthfully though to get a thicker skin about stuff like that Uh, that there's things that well it, it bugs me when people basically aren't interested in a discussion they're just sort of interested in repeating themselves and not listening to what i actually wrote yeah well, cuz i'll go on my, my 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 true final tangent of this thing is <laughs> to to sit and say that the game facts threads that i have gotten or the posts that i've seen that have been vitriolic towards me in, on sites like that have been for games that I have given like a three out of five to. Yeah, well, it's it's always the one. I've given ones and I've given one point fives and twos, but it's the middle of the road games that everybody else was scoring super high that I scored middle of the road, and you know, oh my god, oh Mac, well, remember eight, De- yeah. eight point eight survivor Mac? Well, eight point eight is the lowest oh. score ever, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, Sam, I'm going to spiral into depression again now. Yeah. Thanks. And it's, was, it's so weird to see, and it, it is, you never know what the reaction is going to be and you never know where it's going to come. Like for whatever reason, my ability to just bang on Shadowrun is widely acknowledged as okay by the Shadowrun community. Well, that and the guys who keep sending you stuff for Shadowrun, they kind of appreciate the fact that you're not just like, yeah, Shadowrun's the best. I want you to like keep giving us fives they actually have always been really respectful towards you which well it, it's, shows that they're, they're I, i'm actually going to point out like the the most recent full edition of shadow run i got the co the core book and i wrote my honest thoughts and it's like it's a two and everyone in the catalyst community was like look you gave it a fair shot man <laughs> not pretending otherwise you were honest yeah. Well, I, I and I, I I thought that Mac was going to touch on something that we've debated over Twitter for some time, but um, I, the only challenge that I get with uh, negative comments towards reviews is that you do get a vibe that people aren't interested in uh, a subjective approach to reviews, uh, and I'm not even just targeting the people who bang the reviews are supposed to be objective drum, which is uh top to bottom wrong it it totally misses the point of a review uh but certainly the thing that bothers me most is the fact that so many people want validation of purchase validation of pre-order that they made the right choice and that the reviewer is agreeing that they made the right choice in picking up this game Mm -hmm. um and really the only person who can make that determination is you because we all have different tastes and if you're expecting someone who doesn't traditionally like a Tales game to like a Tales game out of the blue, um, well, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> well, and we're, we're usually pretty good at, and again, we're usually pretty good at the assignments shaking out in a way so that people are fair. Like, people are always going to give it a fair shake. And I mean, Some, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 give, I give wheels heck for like, you know, I'll... I'll I'll prove something for him, and it's like, like in Kawazu. Well, no, I'll, well, I'll, I'll just you know I'll open the review to prove it for him, and I'll say, well, it's you, so knock the final score down half a point, and he laughs, but I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he'll he'll uh, more often than not I'll he'll be convinced to rewrite it to be 
slightly to use more glowing adjectives than to uh really reconsider his optimism in the face of all things and there are some people who are perfectly happy going yeah you know what yeah i'm gonna knock it down well and again there are people who that the proofing process invites reconsidering and so i'm gonna some people just want to see the world burn right yeah (laughs) so i think i'm the only person that does reviews a little bit differently um i actually usually have a score in my head and usually when I start writing, I actually have all the subscores in mind. And then as I'm writing, I will generally start to shift them a little bit, depending on if my writing is justifying the number or if it's actually changed. Um, and I, the other thing I always do, even when I'm playing a game, is I will start at three. And then as I'm playing, my mind will go, okay, it's moving up to 3.5, possibly four. Uh... And sometimes, like, it'll go down, depending, again, how I'm feeling. Um, and I hate... Because sometimes when I'm feeling something, it doesn't get justified properly. So then when I sit down and write, I'm like, no, Sam, you were really pissed off at this bit, but you were also having a bad day. Reconsider what you're writing. Think it through. Would this have not pissed you off if you weren't already pissy to begin with? Yeah. And that happens sometimes. Well, like, I, I don't, I don't, ha- I never have numbers. Getting numbers out of me is pulling teeth. Oh, I know. Yeah. Which you're is what, for that. which is why I want my complex system of colors and shapes I, I would vote for that. Yes. <laughs> you have my vote. <laughs> you know, it, it gets a weird amount of support from the staff, but it never actually happens. <laughs> that would imply making lots of new graphics. It'd just be really abstract. It'd be no, a lot no. of talent for an older community. <laughs> yeah. Like, what does this red squiggly line mean? It means I have conflicted feelings about it. <laughs> Purple triangle means great. <laughs> Well, I mean, any platonic solid has to be good, right? Except on Tuesdays. Can we have frowny walruses? Because that's a bad score. <laughs> Actually, maybe we should just switch to emojis. Frowny walruses. Maybe, maybe we should be uh, using an emoji-based rating system where oh no, I'll <laughs> no. Stop where, where it gets where where the art is scored to taco. No, no, no Scott. can't do it. No. Story is scored eggplant. <laughs> Please stop. This hurts. I don't like it. It it well, it's it's already Unicode, so we don't have to do any new graphics ourselves. Please stop. Please stop. Trent and I will run away. I'm sure Mac will too. <laughs> okay. Well, if we're running away, I think that might be the episode. I don't know if, if anyone else has anything else they want to share. Um I mean the reviews process is one of those things where it's I love doing reviews, but I also recognize the challenge that always comes with them. I've only given out, truthfully, uh, two fives in my entire time at RP Gamer. Same here. I don't keep track. You've never given a single five. No, I have. Wait, maybe you did. I don't. Remember. I'm almost certain I did it for the Dresden Files RPG. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, my two were Bastion and Child of Light, which you know I'd never have had like a publisher post any of my reviews in their promos. Child of Light. That actually happened to me. It was really cool. Oh, um, actually, there's nice. a, there, there's a, one more thing I just want to touch on briefly, which is uh, whenever I give out a really high score or I end up give it, doing an award and getting contacted by the publisher and being like them thanking me. And I'm like, don't ever do that. Like, I, I remember yeah. specifically when I gave uh, Doe Pilgrims of the Flying Temple Game of the Year, uh, Dan Solis just sort of tweet, tweeted me and said, thanks. And I'm like, what are you thanking me for? You made a great product. You 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 put together something excellent. 
I said it was excellent. <laughs> that, that's about Great. it. Scott's the like, don't make is, this more than it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the correct answer is you're welcome, because I just thanked you just for saying, you know, just for making this. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, there are publishers that do that all the time. Exceed is a great example of they tend to have heart attacks whenever we give out a game of the year to them. Like, they have actual heart attacks, and it's really funny. And we have to tell them, you guys earned it. It's awesome. Like, we're, we're not doing you any favors either, right? We just really nope. liked your game and decided it was best game. I'm, I've certainly seen some sites that I feel like really are, you know, out there and, you know, totally, totally trying to get on those back-of-the-box quotes. But that is not what we're doing here. I think I can only think of, like, one game maybe, Mac, where we had a box quote, like, on the top of my head, and that was for Shadow Hearts. Mm-hmm. I can't, Back in the day. I, and I think Valkyria had something as well. It was a magazine ad, wasn't it? Uh, I think we were quoted for Valkyria Chronicles. And yeah. I think uh, Soccer Wars was another one as well, which is funny because we didn't give it any high scores. But NIS America was like, we you, like this you, quote you, you wrote. You, sco- you, sco- you wrote something we think can we fits on the back of the box. <laughs> I remember that because I remember back and I, we saw the, uh, the magazine insert for that. We were just like, you know, I don't remember that nice thing we said because I'm pretty sure the rest of it was middle of the road. I think I think there might be some context jamming in there, but I think um, so. That's it. I don't really think we have. Um, there weren't really any real comics comments from last episode to go over, except to say, hey, yeah, we we talked about how we go about nonlinear games and what that means. And um, until then, uh, go forth with the message of like, comment, and subscribe. And before I let you go, I do have to remind you, dear listener, that Gamefly is offering a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service that is uh, streaming games directly to your smart TV or their set-top box. Uh, You can try out anything we've reviewed recently. That's going to be my recommendation. I just dropped a review for Torment, Torment, Tides of Numenera. Sam just dropped one for... Uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2, both kind of middle-of-the-road games. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe you can argue with us better if you go through Gamefly. You just use the code GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. All right, so so that is our episode. Of course, you should always go to RPGamer.com for more stuff that we write and other podcasts that are okay, maybe pretty good. Uh, yeah. Next time. Bye. Have a good night. See ya. The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production. Visit rpgamer.com for past episodes, comments, sections, other great podcasts, as well as piles upon piles of written content. All music is courtesy of ocremix.com, composed by Nobuo Oimatsu. Thank you for listening. So I have been a lazy, lazy butt, and I have not been playing Dragon Quest Heroes, and not for a lack of trying, just somehow last week, I didn't play any video games other than when I finished Dragon Quest Nine, and I was like, that's the wrong Dragon Quest. I now take over a baby program, so as soon as baby time is over on Thursdays, I like keel over. Gotcha. I'm just like, <laughs> so many babies! And they're like, hang out with us! And I'm like, no babies, only a half an hour, then I leave you. <laughs> Now your mom's problem. My Vita case finally arrived from China (coughs) after five months.
That's a <laughs> long trip from China. That is a that is literally a slow boat. Ain't gonna be no shirtless spoilers did, on did this you, podcast. Did you guys see the uh, the article that Slave posted today? No. About how um, it's a quote. It's great that the superheroes and Guardians of the Galaxy have feelings, but I would wish that they would stop talking so much about them. I'm I'm not sure what you want other than cake and eating it. I think right, that's right. what they want. So, so I, I oh gosh, I find that so frustrating because like God forbid our characters have depth or, or complexity or or are earnest enough to be clear about how they're feeling. They go full um, breakfast club in this and it's wonderful. Like let's just be regressive and, and, and tell kids that it's not okay for superheroes to have feelings because feelings are bad. Feelings are wrong. You're not allowed to share these things. Speaking of feelings, how about those reviews we write? Okay. So... Uh, strong, feel- strong, strong feelings. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad okay. everyone's on their A game tonight. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm not, I'm... but I'm going to fake it. Hopefully um... not wearing pants. I'm not wearing pants. Nope. Scott, not Scott is that, wearing pants, so we have a problem. Womp. Feel like I need to be drugged up, yet I'm not. So is that bad? No, you're or fine. Would this be a better podcast if I was drugged up? No, it's fine. I feel like I need drugs. Yeah, Can I have drugs? I don't have any drugs for you other than sunshine and happiness. There we go. No, no, no. Okay, so so in Overwatch, you can get a skin of Diva as a Korean cop lady. Except you don't play Overwatch. Except to get you it. can't play Overwatch to get it. You have to play a stupid, crappy Blizzard game that is not good to get Cop Diva. So I put it on so, the chore Hearthstone. list. No, Heroes of the Storm form yeah, thing. Okay. Anyways, I put it on the chore list <laughs> over the weekend. Uh, and I actually, no, you have to play. You also have to play with a friend. Like you have to have friends on your Blizzard account and play this stupid MOBA with them. But I put it. I put it. Ten on the rounds. List. Ten rounds. I feel well, that's like that's just awful. I yeah. feel like if you put something on the chore list, though, <laughs> it needs to be completed. And I thought the chore list was supposed to be fair and balanced. Says None the man it. who put sombreros on the grocery list. Yes, because the grocery list is a place of whimsy. It's also where I wrote, "Oh my God, so many pies." Let's get started before Trent, I yes, get upset that's... about the chore list. Trent, would you agree that, oh my god, so many pies is a valid entry in a grocery list? Um, well, when was the last time you had pie? Um, Actually, like recently. Two weeks ago? I would say no, then. <laughs> Damn straight, you owe me cop diva, bitch. Let's go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and elbow the mic stand. That's important. Mbasa. That's not how I end this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? And a reminder, we have given out... That's how, like... That's a Demon Souls quote that somebody else uses on a podcast about the Souls games. Then I just, for some reason, felt like saying that. Well, you listen listen to Souls podcasts? Yes, he does. I listen to... A, podcast, oh, a Dark Souls podcast. I, I feel like, uh, you know, the way you close a Dark Souls podcast is by laughing uncomfortably and then a, just a bit of silence before you go to music. How did the, the book, did you guys like the books? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, we love them. Okay, I'm glad. <laughs> Wait, which King books? Baby blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to seem a little too real. <laughs> oh, it was great. I read it, it really actually was. during my baby story time, and the moms all just kind of looked at me like, oh god, like, Queen this is baby. our lives. <laughs> See, yeah. Trent gets it. Yep. Trent says it the exact same way I do. I, I, read, yep. it, I read it entirely in a regal voice. For I oh oh King I did I, 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 I had a great voice and that's the saddest thing because like I we have reading time every night with him but it's mostly just me reading to Kelsey <laughs> which is fine well in in a month or three he'll catch on <laughs> and do, do you re- like I don't know if I want my kid on the Cthulhu Scott look it's 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 Cliff Howard the Big Red God <laughs> Good night Azathoth where the deep ones are <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> No. The Antarctic Express. It, it's so just ignore him. It's fine. 